Welcome to the Catholics on Campus podcast, where certified Catholic mindset coach and college student development expert, Dr. Virginia Cook, provides practical tips and coaching to succeed in college while growing in your Catholic faith. And now, your host, Virginia Cook. Hey, what are you doing for Lent this year? You may have gotten this question a lot when you were younger, but now that you're in college or you're kind of just influenced by secular society, it could be that this question may not even arise in your own mind. Today, we are going to take a deep dive into Lenten practices and how to make this Lent a special season. I'll offer suggestions for being more intentional during Lent. The 40 days will pass quickly, and what you do during the 40 days will make all the difference. Welcome to the Catholics on Campus podcast, my friends. Of course, you know that Lent begins on Ash Wednesday and ends on Holy Saturday, the day before Easter. During the 40 days of Lent, Catholics are expected to practice prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It is a 40-day span because it commemorates the 40-day fast Jesus undertook in the desert before starting his public ministry. That's from Matthew 4, 1-4. The biblical use of the number 40 points to a time of testing, trial, penance, purification, and renewal. Here is some instruction related to the purpose of Lent written in 1741 by Pope Benedict XIV. The observance of Lent is the very badge of Christian warfare. By it, we prove ourselves not to be enemies of the cross of Christ. By it, we avert the scourges of divine justice. By it, we gain strength against the Prince of Darkness, for it shields us with heavenly help. Should mankind grow remiss in their observance of Lent, it would be detrimental to God's glory, a disgrace to the Catholic religion, and a danger to Christian souls. Neither can it be doubted that such negligence would become the source of misery to the world, of public calamity, and of private woe. Catholics on campus can heed the Pope's warning that Negligence during Lent will endanger our souls and be a source of misery, private woe, and public calamity. We would be wise to remember the story of the people of Nineveh. The prophet Jonah warned the people of Nineveh that their city would be destroyed in 40 days if they did not turn away from their evil ways. They did not ignore his warning. Instead, every person fasted and repented, and the Lord noticed and did not destroy their city. They recognized the truth and did not run from it. They embraced their cross and made amends. That's a Lenten journey that we all should really strive for. Before Lent begins, Catholics on campus will want to consider what you can do to exercise self-control, make amends, and grow spiritually. You can challenge yourself to not only give up your favorite food, but also turn away from indulgent habits that pull you away from the Lord. How often do you miss Mass? How often do you neglect your prayer life? How often do you listen to gossip, hang out with friends who don't have your best interest at heart? Perhaps you could add something to your new Lenten journey, such as volunteering 
at a local food pantry, practicing random acts of kindness throughout the day, or dedicating time every week to visit with your grandparents, either in person or by phone. It is important to remember that Lent is not a 40-day diet plan where you're giving up sweets to lose weight. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a priest joke about how good everyone looks on Easter Sunday. He's not just commenting on the parish's fashion choices, but perhaps that some parishioners may have dropped a few pounds as they eliminated their favorite foods or sweets from their diet. Lent invites us to reset the direction we're moving in. It's an open invitation to course correct. It's an invitation to not be conformed by this age, but to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. That's from Romans 12, 2. So now that you have the why, I'm going to turn to some practical matters of how you can step into Lent with intentionality. First, Take some time before Lent to think about your Lenten journey. You wouldn't take a vacation without doing some preparation, you know, figuring out where you will go, how you will get there, where you will stay, and what you will do while you are there. Lent also requires some preparation. So spend some time in prayer listening to God's gentle nudges. What is he calling you to do during Lent? Pray more? Receive the sacraments more frequently? attend Mass, evangelize, and share your faith with others. Perhaps he's asking you to give back to your community, maybe serve the poor. Those corporal acts of mercy, is there anything else that God might be telling you? Listen, listen carefully. Now on Ash Wednesday, attend Mass and receive your ashes. After receiving your ashes, be sure not to wipe off the ashes from your forehead. Now challenge yourself to wear those throughout the day and to use it as an opportunity to evangelize and remind others that Lent has begun and that you are Catholic. You will be surprised how many comments you'll get throughout the day. Some people you may encounter may wonder why you have that smudge on your forehead. Once I even had a non-Catholic friend offer to give me a tissue and say, you've got some dirt on your face. When I explained why I had the ashes, I learned that she honestly had never seen someone with ashes before. What an opportunity to share our faith. You also know that Catholics are required to abstain from all meat on Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and all the Fridays of Lent. This too may take a little planning and preparation. Don't go out on Fat Tuesday, the day before Lent begins, and expect to eat your leftovers the next day. Remember that Catholics on campus who are over the age of 18 and under the age of 60 are required to fast. And this means that you can only eat one complete meal and two smaller meals during the day with no food in between. I encourage you to also challenge yourself to abstain from meat on all Fridays during Lent. This may be hard to do in the dining hall, but what an opportunity to try a vegetarian meal option or stick to a simple meal like a grilled cheese sandwich and vegetable soup. I'm going to segue for a moment, but as I bring up abstinence, you may find yourself having a bunch of thoughts or feelings about the challenge to restrict your diet. You might be thinking, I don't have time for all this or I hate fish, or this is going to be too hard. With Catholic Mindset Coaching, I encourage you to capture those thoughts and feelings and sit with them for a minute. 
Writing them down is a powerful way to create space between your thoughts and feelings and your actions. Where might these thoughts be coming from? I can tell you they aren't from God. The enemy plants those little seeds or thoughts to dissuade you, distract you, and create self-doubt. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, 1763-68, through 68, says, Feelings or passions are emotions or movements that incline us to act or not to act in regard to something felt or imagined to be good or evil. In themselves, passions are neither good nor evil. Passions are morally good when they contribute to a good action, evil in the opposite case. So back to focusing on Lent. How might you use Lent as a time to remove barriers to your relationship with God? You can even ask Jesus for advice. What personal attachments or distracting habits could you reduce or remove? Here's a few examples. Screen time in the form of mindless scrolling or browsing. Social media posting or selfies. Streaming platforms like Netflix, Hulu, or YouTube. Gossip or complaining, impatience, wastefulness, procrastination, being late, sweets and treats, alcohol, or your favorite beverage. Well, what habits could you add to your life to bring you closer to the Lord? Here's a few ideas. You could go to Mass. You could add a daily morning Mass to your calendar before your first class. You could go to Reconciliation. Go to Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You could join in to pray the rosary. You could wear the brown scapular if that's not something you do already. You could pray the litany of the hours. You could do the examine prayer at night. You could attend a parish mission or a night of reflection during Lent. You could also volunteer your time with a Catholic charity. There are ministries for all kinds of people that really need your help. Or simply develop a habit of gratitude by praying each morning and evening. During Lent, there are some days when we can celebrate God's goodness. For instance, Sundays are never considered a day of penance. On Sundays, we commemorate Jesus' rising from the dead, so it's a time for celebration. In addition, Lent is highlighted by three standalone feasts that provide opportunity for refreshment and celebration during Lent. March 17th is St. Patrick's Day, March 19th, St. Joseph's Day, and March 25th, the Annunciation. So we'll talk about each one of those. First, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated on March 17th around the world. In the U.S., the holiday has become secularized as everyone seems to be Irish for the day. It's celebrated with the wearing of green, parades, St. Patty's Day parties featuring green beer. For over 60 years, the city of Chicago has been dyeing the Chicago River green when the tradition was first begun by the Chicago Plumbers Union in 1962. Nationally on college campuses, St. Patrick's Day weekend is one of the times of the year when college students engage in high-risk substance abuse behaviors. Reducing St. Patrick's Day to a binge holiday couldn't be further from our Catholic tradition of remembering St. Patrick, the Apostle of Ireland. Moving away from the focus on alcohol is another way to reconnect with the roots of this feast day. There are many delicious Irish foods you could include in your celebration, such as Irish soda bread, cooked cabbage, potatoes, corned beef, 
lamb stew, and shepherd's pie. Some dioceses offer special dispensations on St. Patrick's Day to permit eating meat when it falls on a Friday. Now, second is St. Joseph's Day. On March 19th, it's a solemnity day in the liturgical year honoring the foster father of Jesus. Much like St. Patrick's Day that's embraced by the Irish, Italians, especially Sicilians, claim St. Joseph as their own. The origins of St. Joseph's Table can be traced to the Middle Ages. According to one tradition, during a famine brought on by a severe drought, starving Sicilian villagers, many of them farmers, prayed to St. Joseph, asking for his intercession. St. Joseph helped them to survive by eating the fava bean. It was the only crop that they could grow in such harsh conditions. The crop became so bountiful that the famine ended. You might be familiar with the Sicilian tradition of the St. Joseph altar or St. Joseph table. Palms and lily plants decorate the table along with vigil candles, usually in green, brown, and dark yellow, representing the colors of St. Joseph. Breads are formed and baked into the shape of various Catholic symbols, such as St. Joseph's staff, various carpentry tools, a chalice, cross, monstrance, dove, lamb, fish, or heart. Some of these elaborate breads are not eaten as part of the meal, but later are given to the poor. Bottles of wine are also placed on the altar or table, as well as fruits such as grapes and lemons. A traditional Sicilian meal would include a pasta dish containing sardines, tomatoes, fresh fennel, and sprinkled with breadcrumbs to represent the sawdust of a carpenter. Now, I'm going on and on about food here, but you get the idea. There's there's so many ways to celebrate with um, something like St. Joseph's Table. Lastly, I'll just throw this out too. You Not only in addition to all the pastas and everything, there's also a lavish dessert table that includes cookies, cream puffs, and candied fruits. You can serve what you'd like, but the point is to remember St. Joseph's humility and service by showing generosity to friends, family, and the poor. Now, lastly, on March 25th, during Lent, we commemorate the Solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. Here, we celebrate the Blessed Virgin Mary's yes. Luke 1.38 tells us that she said yes to the angel Gabriel when she said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. It's a great time to pause and wonder, what is the Lord asking you to say yes to in your life? So here's seven ways that you can celebrate the Annunciation. First, wear the color blue on on, uh, March 25th. That's Mary's color. You can also pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary, and the first joyful mystery is about the Annunciation. You can give a gift to somebody who is pregnant. You could offer prayers to those struggling with infertility or miscarriage, and you could also pray to end abortion. You could plant a garden, use some starter seeds to Spend some time growing some herbs in your room, like basil, thyme, or rosemary. You can nurture those plants and give them to your mom for Mother's Day. Another idea is to have a meal with a hidden component to it. So foods like stromboli, calzones, burritos, or pierogies, things that have something kind of placed inside them, um, you know, representing the baby Jesus. And lastly, you can place flowers by a statue of Mary. That's a very traditional thing to do. 
So as we wrap up this episode, I hope you are inspired to take a new approach to Lent and to work to decrease your desires so that God can increase in you. Could you meditate on the important number 40 and ask yourself, what can you do for these 40 days? Could you write 40 journal entries? Could you read and reflect on 40 scripture passages? Could you perform 40 acts of kindness? Could you donate 40 hours of your time and service to the hungry, the thirsty, the homeless, the sick, the imprisoned, the dead or grieving, or the poor? Could you write 40 letters or emails or make 40 phone calls to important people in your life throughout all of Lent? You have the freedom to choose. I'd love to hear about your plans for Lent. Follow me on Instagram at knots.untied.coaching and make a post there and tell me about your plans. I'd love to hear them. So until next time, my friends, I hope you will have a very fruitful Lent. Mary, untire of knots, pray for us. If you are an ambitious college student who desires to leverage your God-given talents to live in beatitude and make a bold difference in the world, Dr. Virginia Cook can help you excel in your educational journey and grow in your Catholic identity. As founder of Knots Untied Coaching, Virginia offers mindset coaching from an authentically Catholic perspective and collegiate success and well-being strategies for happy, healthy, and holy living. Want to stay connected? Visit KnotsUntied.com to learn how to join an amazing community of like-minded Catholic college students and their parents. You can also follow her on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Check out the show notes for links and special offers.